Our brother Ray Blaze will be reading the scripture this morning. If you'll turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 12. <coughs> this morning's scripture reading <coughs> is taken from Mark chapter 12, verses 41, 41 through 44. Mark chapter 12, verses 41 through 44. And I'll be reading from the King James Version. <clears throat> and Jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury. And many that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites, which make a farthing. And he called unto him his disciples, and saith unto them, Verily I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. For all they did cast in of their abundance, but none of her want, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. As uh, our brother Stan mentioned in his prayer this morning, today is our, uh, our purpose day, and we're going to be taking care of that uh, in just a few minutes. And as is uh, normally the case on this uh, special day of the year, uh, I'll be abbreviating my uh, remarks uh, to allow us uh, more time to do that. But I do want to reflect for just a moment uh, on this passage that uh, that Ray just read for us from Mark chapter 12, uh, call to mind uh, just a few thoughts uh, as we prepare to think about uh, our giving for next year. Jesus was sitting across from, but in view of, the treasury uh, there at the temple. Now why he was sitting uh, is not specifically stated. I might offer the possibility that it was for the purpose of rest because he had just finished a very impassioned denunciation of the scribes and the Pharisees, recorded in Matthew chapter 23 and also earlier there in Mark uh, chapter 12. Uh, and uh, any time that, um, uh, if you've never done this uh, and preached a stem winder of a sermon, then you don't know really how much that can physically take out of you. And Jesus had just done that, and so he's sitting down, and he's alone at first, because in just a few minutes or a few moments, he's going to call his disciples to himself. So he's sitting there and they're off uh, somewhere else, not in his immediate presence. And I would suggest as well that as he's sitting there, he is at first uh, sitting there with head downward. Because we learn in Luke's account, chapter 21, verse 1, uh, that he will look up to see the people casting their money in. So get the picture in your mind. Jesus is seated with head downward when he looks up and sees the people putting their donations into the treasury. Now as I understand it, 
uh, from things that I've read, the treasury at the temple area consisted of 13 uh, trumpet-shaped receptacles. They were narrow at the top, wide at the bottom. And each of those receptacles was labeled with the particular uh, area or destination of its contents. In other words, if you wanted your donation to go specifically to the priests, there was a, a receptacle for that. It was labeled as such. If you wanted your donation to go specifically for the purchasing of wood, for the burning of the sacrifices, there was a receptacle labeled for that. You could put your money there. If you wanted it to buy incense for the incense offering, there was a receptacle for that. So they had these all around the temple area. And Jesus looked up from his seated position and begins, begins to observe the people as they put their coins into these various banks. And it reminds us that the Bible has a lot to say about God's ability to see, about God's watching us. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, Proverbs 15, verse 3. Nothing is hidden from His sight, Hebrews 4, verse 13. All things are laid bare before the eyes of Him with whom we must give account. And our giving to God, or lack thereof, if you please, is not exempt from God's view, the all-seeing eye of God should motivate our proper conduct in this respect. God saw the hypocrisy in the giving of Ananias and Sapphira. But God also, also saw the generosity that characterized the giving of the Macedonians in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. So as Jesus watched these givers, among them were wealthy people who donated a lot. And there's certainly nothing wrong with that. He that sows bountifully will reap in the same way, Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6. And so this passage about the widow's offering is never should never be used uh, to leave the impression that large gifts are unappreciated or un unimportant or ineffective. That's not the point of this. So you had those that were giving large amounts, and there was nothing wrong with that. In verse 42, we read that there was also among this throng of givers a poor widow who put into the treasury two mites, which make a farthing. Now that doesn't help us a lot if we don't understand ancient currency. As I understand it, these two mites were equal to what the Romans would refer to as a quadrantes, which was basically one sixty-fourth of a denarius. Well, what's a denarius? A denarius was what the common laborer would receive for one day's work. One day's work would be paid with a denarius. What she put in was one sixty-fourth of what a common laborer would make in one day. A minuscule fraction of a day's worth of labor. This widow was among those considered the most helpless and vulnerable of their society. Most of them were poor, having no husband to earn a living for the family. And God had special laws in place for their care and their protection. In the Old Testament, certainly, but also in the New. Pure religion, undefiled before God, is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction. James 1.27 
she could not have purchased more than half a sparrow with what she put into the treasury. But she valued the temple and its work more than even her own life because Jesus said she placed into the treasury everything that she had, all that she had to live on, she put there. And when Jesus saw what the widow did, that's when he called his disciples over to where he was. And he introduced his comments in verse 43 with the assurance that what he was about to say was vitally important. She put into the treasury more than all the others put together. His reason for saying that is in verse 44, because the wealthy, though their offerings, nothing wrong with their offerings, nothing wrong with the amount of their offerings, but his point was that they contributed out of their excess. They would not miss what they had given. But she gave out of her poverty. She had nothing left to give when she was through. And Jesus commended that disposition of looking to the good of the cause more than the good of ourselves. So let's take away from this today the fact that Jesus still watches us. He still watches our giving. I remember hearing a story one time about uh, a, uh, a preacher at a congregation. It's a preacher's story, so you know it's not true. But it makes a point that this preacher had taken his hat and passed literally the hat to the congregation. But as he took it, he handed it to a person and he stood there and watched. And then when the hat was passed to the next person, he moved down and stood directly in front of that person and watched. And with every person in the assembly, he stood next to them and watched as they put something into the hat. When he got through, he said, now, did that make you nervous? Did it make you nervous that I was watching what you were doing with the hat? He said, but you know, God watches every time. God watches us. God sees us. God knows if we're being generous or if we're being hypocritical or stingy. The Lord watches. He knows if we're giving sacrificially or hypocritically, cheerfully or grudgingly, sparingly or bountifully. And that's a good thing for all of us to remember. Someone has said, the real measure of your generosity is not how much you give, but how much you keep for yourself. May we think about that as we go through the process of pledging our giving for the next year. What we want to do this morning, as we always do, and offer the Lord's invitation. It's not our invitation, it's His. And it's an invitation that's always open. And we want to offer it to you at this time. If you're not a child of God, but you've studied the Scriptures and you understand what God has done for you through Jesus Christ, and if you also understand what you need to do in response to that, turning from a life of sin and penitence, placing your faith, your confidence in Jesus Christ as God's Son, being willing to confess your faith and allow yourself to be immersed in water, to have your sins washed away by His blood. If you understand all of that and are ready to take that step, we're ready to help you do that. It may be the case that 
you know you're missing something in life, you know that you need to have a place for God in your life, but you're, you're not confident, you're not sure exactly all of the things that are a part of that, but you'd like to know, you'd like to study the Scriptures. If that describes you, would you let us know that today? We would love to open up the Word of God with you and study with you to help you to come to an understanding of the truth. I know many of you are Christians already, but it may be that you've not been living your life like you know you should. And there are sins that you need to turn away from, confession that you need to make to be restored to your first love. If that describes you, we're ready to help you, and we invite you to come as we stand together and sing.